Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13 is the text. There are two people, there are many more than this, but there are two aged ladies. I don't think they would mind me calling them that. One in their early 90s and one in their late 80s that I regularly call upon because I know that they have a prayer list and they pray often and they have pray, what they pray for, they pray and they do not stop praying and they've prayed for these things for years. We once had a visitor come on a Sunday morning. I'd never met this lady before. She, she was probably in her early 70s and I asked her her name and then I met her and I introduced her to one of the ladies that I was just mentioning. That's a prayer warrior that I call on to pray for. And, and I introduced her because I, I needed to go, but I wanted to connect them. And that one dear lady said, oh, you? And she said her name, who comes now to their church. She said, I've been praying for you like for 10 years. I'm praying for you. I probably know who they are. I thank, thank God that they believe in prayer. No, they believe in the God who has given us the gift of prayer. And they cry out to God all the time for you. One of them's here this morning, one of them's at home praying. I love the gift of being able to talk to our Father. Do you pray? Do you love to pray because you grow closer to Christ and you see your Father working in your own life and in the life of others? Do you want to get there? You're not there, but you want to grow to be there. Do you look for answers to prayer because you know that God has led you to something and you have not stopped giving up praying for something that would be honoring to Him but he hasn't yet answered. It might be an, a lost mother, a child that has wandered from the faith, a neighbor that you're burdened for, maybe a spouse that you're so burdened for. It, may, it could be all kinds of things, things related to work, related to home, related to your own heart. It could be a habit, an affliction, a difficulty. Well, once again this morning, I want to challenge you I want to call you to pray. No, God wants to call us to pray. We did this in July, July 26. I called you to pray until you pray. And that was from Luke 18. And in January, if you were here, we looked at the ministry of intercession that God calls us to. Although prayer can be all kinds of ways, we can pray when we praise we pray when we give adoration. We pray when we confess our sins to God, which we must. I want to I define prayer this morning in a more narrow way. I love this story. I've shared it with you before in different formats. D.L. Moody, a famous preacher. Everybody knew who D.L. Moody was at this time. He was traveling to England and then moved up to Scotland. And he was speaking at all these different places. And he was at a Scottish school. And as he was speaking to all these schoolboys, it was a boys' school, he said, boys, what is prayer? And to his amazement, hundreds of boys raised their hands. And he called on one of the boys in the front. And the boy stood up and he says, prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ by the help of the Spirit with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement 
of his mercies. And then he sat down. Good answer, right? And Moody said to the boy, son, be thankful that you were born in Scotland. And what he meant by that is the boys at that time in Scotland were catechized in the Westminster Catechism, and they learned the 88th question to that catechism, what is prayer? Prayer is offering our desires to God in the name of Christ. I wanted to find it this way. I think it's in your notes section. Prayer is asking your Father or our Father for things. Prayer is asking our Father in Jesus' name with the Spirit's help. And I want to call, I want to call you to prayer in a specific way. You see it in your notes here. I want not just to pray, but to, this is kind of corny, it's a little cheesy, but just bear with me because I hope it's helpful to you, to P-R-A-Y, and what I want that to mean for us today is particular, repeated, asking while yielding ourselves to God. That's going to have to happen by you coming up with the time and maybe having a little notebook like this or an app on your phone to say, I am going to commit myself to particular, specific, repeated asking while yielding myself to God's will, God's way, His timing of answering our requests. Let's look at Luke 11, 1 through 13. We could call this passage, verses 1 through 13, Jesus' school of prayer. Because in verses 1 through 11, it's all about prayer. But he does several things the way Luke brings this all together. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John has taught his disciples. The first lesson or course of prayer we could get from there, that's not our point tonight, is that we see the power of prayer seen by Jesus' example. His disciples can't help but say, Jesus, we see you praying all the time. Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, teach us to pray because prayer must be very important to you. But then he gives the Lord's Prayer. It's an abridged version of the Sermon on the Mount's Prayer in Matthew 7. And Jesus said to them, verse 2, when you pray, and Jesus teaches us the priorities we should pray when we pray. Father, hallowed be your name. Father, you'll make yourself look really good. Your name, your honor, may it be hallowed, lifted up. Your kingdom come. Bring your power, your kingdom Give us each day our daily bread. Please meet our needs and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. So we see the power of prayer. Jesus prays. He teaches them the priority of prayer. Now he gives us a parable to teach us a really important aspect of how we should pray. Verse 5. He said to them, which of you has a friend, will go to him, that friend at midnight, and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. Now, none of us want to go to our 
friend at midnight. It's just a rude thing to do. So he says, which of you has a friend that would go to your friend at midnight? Rude time to go. Lend me three loaves. And the friend will go to him at midnight. And for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey. Out of the blue, somebody dropped by at my house. And it's the rude thing to turn them away. I mean, there's no hotels here. I let them in. But I don't have anything to feed them. I have nothing to set before them. Verse 7. And he will answer from within his friend who got woken up at midnight. Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his impudence. That word is persistence. The old word is importunity. Your persistence. He will rise and give him whatever he needs. Hmm. We should ponder and go, why did Jesus tell that story? Jesus isn't, Jesus is a better friend than this. He wants us to be persistent in our prayer. We need to pray persistently. Verse 9, and I tell you, ask, ask persistently, yes, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. What father... This is the ending now. Let's, let's apply to family life. What father here, if, if your son asks for a fish, will you, instead of a fish, give him something deadly, lethal, a serpent? Hardly, ever, not at all. Or if he asks for an egg for breakfast, would you give him a deadly scorpion? No, no reasonable, sane, ordinary, not even a good parent would, would not do that. Uh, if you then who are evil in comparison to God... If you who are evil, in comparison to the Heavenly Father, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I, I just give you a homework exercise. Take Luke 11, 1 through 13, and spend some time this week meditating on this passage. What does it teach you about prayer? What does it teach you about how God wants you to believe Him? His goodness. How He wants you to pray and not stop praying and how He promises to answer. He wants you to pray persistently. He wants you to pray with Him as a priority. Hallowed be your name. There's a lot we can learn here. Prayer is powerful. He wants you to take your devotion and dependence to Him, your daily bread. He wants you to keep praying and He wants you to pray believing that He's way better than any earthly father. And so my challenge to you is to pray, P-R-A-Y. To pray particular, repeated asking while yielding to God. When I say yielding, I mean, but God, your will be done. God, I pray this prayer for you. God, would you help my 
name a trouble that you have in your life. Maybe it's a habit you, you can't get rid of. It's a sin that you can't get rid of. It might be a friend, a family member, a burden that you have. God, I yield this asking you, and I'm going to be specific enough so that when you help me, I'll know it. God wants us to yield our, all his, his priorities he sees here to his will. So, to help you this morning, I've, I've preached to you on prayer before. You know prayer to some degree, but I want to help and assist you by in some ways using this parable. And in using this parable, using giving you six questions that I challenge you to take this week and beyond to your daily life. Start your day with these six questions. Sit down with your Bible. Spend a few minutes. Maybe it's at your lunch break. Maybe it's at, e- at the evening. But do not neglect to do this on a daily basis. This is, I, I call this six questions to ask daily as you think of a list for praying particular repeated asking while yielding to God. Six questions that will fuel praying this way. Questions that relate to this parable and that I need and you need. First of all, question number one, do I see or feel a need? Do I see or feel a need? And what I mean that a need to pray for. Do I see or feel a need? In in this parable, there was a need. He had no loaves, loaves to feed his friend that came at midnight. Do you have a need to pray? You do. God's word tells you, you do need to pray. Do, do you know the needs in your own life? What about the needs of others in your own home? I won't make you do this, but you could turn around and look around at each other. And you see people, there's, there's needy people by you. As you get to know them, God intends for you to know some of, some of their needs so that you can talk to God about those needs every day as God puts that on your heart. If, if I asked you today, how can I pray for you? What would you say? I've had some people pray. Sometimes they're tired and they're just not focused on That's okay. But I've had some people say, oh, um, what can I, what, can I pray for you? Oh, nothing. I'm, I'm good. And I want to go, really? I'm never good. Not, not like really good. I always have needs. Good as in I'm taken care of. There's no need ever. I got stuff going on in my heart that I need to pray for. I, I have burdens that God has put in my life. And frankly, as we grow as a Christ follower, we're going to have burdens. And so the question we should start to pray, if we're going to be people that pray this way, we're going to say, do I see or feel a need? When I say feel, meaning coming within, there's a burden within my heart. We pray often, we do not pray as we ought until we perceive that there is need in our life or in the lives of others. And I want you to hear this, recognize neediness is always a prerequisite to an effective prayer life. Recognize, I say recognize neediness because we're all needy. 
even those that don't recognize it, the most dangerous place to be is to have everything full and successful and healthy and everything just going smooth. That can be a very... We should praise God when that happens. We shouldn't... We should not be happy about it. We should thank God, praise Him, be joyful, but be leery because it's a dangerous place because then we become self-reliant so quickly. We are needy before God. Do I see or need? We, We need to ask God, Lord, help me to see my own need. Would you pray that this week? God, help me to see some things that I need to start praying for every day. Maybe it's a way that I treat my children. Maybe it's the way I talk to my spouse. Maybe it's the way I respond to fear. Maybe it's a lust. You might know right away what it is. And what about those in your your household? Instead of being always annoyed and angry at that family member that just ticks you off, now you start praying for her every day. It's particular, it's specific. And you're going to repeat, repeatedly take it to God, asking God for help. Asking you shall be given to you. And you're going to yield it to God saying, God, in your timing, in your own way. Lord, we should pray, help me to see the needs of others in this room today. Help me to grow. Help me to go to Wednesday night church so that I can actually start to learn the needs of others. Help me to text others and ask. Help me to build a relationship so that people will be comfortable enough to ask and know that I'm not just just making small talk. Lord, help me to seek them out. You know, we all pray when we feel the biggest need. I mean, if, if your child had cancer or if your spouse has cancer or if you go through a crisis, you're praying and you're praying and you're asking everybody to pray. But oh, we are needy all the time. Our our kids are needy. Our parents are needy. Our church is needy. This pastor is needy. We all need God. And we need to think. And so my challenge to you is to do something that God used in my life years ago. And even this late summer, I was cleaning in the basement. I came across a little notebook. And I started to... It was was something about the size of this little notebook. And I came across it and I said, Wow, um, what is that? And I looked through and I saw all these prayer requests that I was praying... 12, 13 years ago. And I was like, wow, that was really encouraging. And I've seen God at work and through those prayer requests. And God, thank you. And it inspired me to go, I need to do that in a specific way. I took this, I, I got this little notebook that it was blank in my, dress, uh, my desk drawer. And I started writing. And this has become my little prayer book of everyday requests. I now have 72 of them. So I have a lot of praying to do every morning or evening or sometime. These are things that God puts on my heart and I want to pray and I leave a space after them to say, say with a little A marked as in answers. And, and so a lot of you are in this prayer book and, and I'm really thankful for how God has used this to, to, rec- to bring about an understanding of my own neediness and your own neediness and to give it a greater desire. And I, I'm going to challenge you to do that of some kind. It doesn't have to be a little notebook. It could be... It can be a pad of paper. It could be note cards. It could be an app on a phone. But I say, we, I forget unless I write down what I'm going to commit to praying regularly. Okay, number one, do I care enough about the need? Do I care enough about the need? The man in the story of the parable did. The man in the story of the parable, he had a need. He had no bread. He cared enough to wake up 
his neighbor at midnight. A friend arrives at midnight. He says, lend me three loaves. It doesn't matter if he didn't have bread. He brings him in the man's house and he says, I'm going to go seek out supply. The question is, do I care enough about the need that I just mentioned in question number one? We, being aware of a need isn't the same as caring about the need. We often do not pray because we do not care enough about the need. If you're, parent, if you're a parent or a grandparent, but if you're a parent, you never stop parenting, even if your kids are out of the home. You know that your kids have needs. But it's not the same as caring enough to all the time lifting those needs to God. The needs that don't seem urgent at the moment but are really important, like, God, take my seven-year-old and right now plant in her a heart for you forever and help me in all my actions to help her. Oh God, help my mother. She is close to dying, you might say. She hasn't put her trust in you yet. God, I pray that she would feel her need of you and find you today. Help my neighbor, who I have a hard time getting along with. God, so the second question is, do I care enough about it? And Brothers and sisters, we should, ask the, we should ask God, oh God, help me to care more. Help me care more for those in this church. Help me to care so much that I have to figure out a time to pray because there's so much that I'm burdened about. And I can't go a day without taking those burdens to God. For that to happen, we need God. Otherwise, we're just focused on our own life and our own world and our own way, our own things. And we aren't living and walking together in Christian love of which God's Word calls us to and which our church covenant calls us to. May we not have spiritual apathy. This is just a great, great question for us to ask. Your list will start to grow as you say, as God opens your desire, your need to care. It might be for your marriage or for a marriage. You might talk with somebody and go, man, their marriage is terrible. And then you go, what am I going to do about it? I'm not a marriage counselor. But someone is the Holy Spirit and the Father, I can quote at Him all the time, God, help me to care enough. Number, the third question I want you to think about as you go to prayer, do I feel my own powerlessness to meet the needs that I start to feel and desire? Do I feel my own powerlessness? Okay, you're going to start by number one going, what, do I have any needs? God, help, help me to see needs and help me to care enough about them. Thirdly, you should go, some of them, oh God, help me to be a faithful witness and spiritual fruit to my neighbors. God, I pray that you would, you would minister to all the pastors and elders and their wives in a very special way. God, would you help me today to live with no regrets as if it was my last day? God, would you, would you help me to have faithful steward over digital technology in my family because I can struggle too much to not do a good job of it? God, and I got lists of people that I'm praying for salvation. Well, a lot of those things I can work on, but I'm powerlessness. I, have a pow I, I am not powerful enough 
to save anybody. I pray for my kids every day. I pray for their salvation. If they're not saved, they've all professed Christ, but that they would live that salvation out. I pray that for their sanctification, that they'll grow in Christ, that they'll become like Jesus, and His desires will be their desires. And I pray for their spouses someday. God will give them godly spouses and joy like I have in marriage. I pray that every day, and I am powerless to make those three things really happen. The the things that you'll make on a prayer list, you are absolutely powerless, and that is where we start. God, I can't, but you must. God, I am completely unable. Jesus gave us a lot of... I mean, in this story, the man is taking in a guest visitor, and he realizes, I have nothing to provide for him. I must go to another person. My neighbor, he probably has three loaves that he can lend me even though it's midnight, and he goes to him, knowing his powerlessness, he goes for help. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing but abide in me. Ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you. Psalm 126 tells us, unless the Lord builds the house, all our labors are in vain. It is God that must do it. Friends, believers in this room today, How can we afford not to pray? How can we afford to parent and not pray? Grandparent and not pray? How can we afford to live as a single person to the glory of God and not pray and as a student and as a teenager and not pray and seek His help every day? And and what we do is we pray for, for particular needs and we pray repeatedly and we pray asking with a type of yielding to God. That leads to the fourth question. Do I have a friend? This gets really good. Do I have a friend who can meet the need? Oh, I have a need. Do I, God, help me to care enough about it. Help me to realize I can't ultimately be the ultimate source of the supply. But do I have a friend who does? Do I have a friend, capital F friend, who can meet the need? In this story, the, the man Which of you who has a friend say to him? And this friend goes and says, lend me. This friend is not a nice friend at the moment at midnight. Oh, I promise you, brothers and sisters, by the testimony of this book and the testimony of your own lips to me and my own experience, we do have a friend who does not care care if you wake him up at midnight and ask him for help. He wakes you up at midnight and he asks him for help. We have Joy Dibler who every morning... At 2 o'clock, wakes up because at her age, she just wakes up at 2. And so she doesn't fight it and she gets up and prays for you. Well, this friend can meet our need. This friend is Jesus. This friend is our... I, I, I can say Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. All of them, one God, three persons. Our Father, we cry out to. We pray in Jesus' name. But we also cry into Jesus who supplies and cares for us. Jesus, like the man in the story, we have a friend who meets this need. And unlike the story, he is a father who's willing, more than willing. As the story, the story after us says, ask, seek, knock, answer. I love John Newton's little hymn. He wrote, come my soul, thy suit. It's like we bring a suit to God, like a lawsuit except prayer suit to God. Come my soul, thy suit prepare. Jesus loves to answer prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. 
all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. God hears prayer. God answers prayer. Remember Psalm 34, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. His ears are toward their cry. Paul writes to the Philippian church at the very end. He's in prison. But my God shall supply all our needs, all your needs, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. He's really rich. Paul writes to the Romans. He says, God didn't spare his son, but gave him up for us all. Do you think he'll spare anything for you? That's the kind of God, that friend that we go to and pray. Where he writes, the, James, the Lord's brother, writes to the churches, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That's prayer. Asking for wisdom. Who generously gives without reproach. And it will be given him. Or... The psalmist says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk with him. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I say, trust in you in prayer. Jesus said, a person can't receive even one thing unless it's given to him from the Father. And yet the Father loves to answer prayer. Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, abide in me. And I, if my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is where the yielding comes in. God, I yield to you, your timing. I'm praying, I'm praying for so-and-so to be saved. I'm praying for my children to grow. I'm praying for this to happen in our church. I'm praying for prayer to work its work in our church. Oh God, your timing though, your way, God's timing is not our timing. Sometimes we have to wait. I mean, the, the story says, the parable tells us, it's, do you believe that you have a friend that can help you in this? Let us pray, remembering that prayer, God is powerful. God is loving. He's willing. This leads us to the fifth question. Friends, this is so important. This is the heart of the parable. Do I believe and care enough to not... Do I... Believe and care enough. Sometimes we don't care enough. We just, yeah, God, would you just please help my kids? And then we just go on for our days. God, please help my neighbor who needs to be saved. God, help this situation. Help the sick person who's suffering so badly. And we just move on our way. Do I care enough to just keep coming to you? And I probably won't care enough unless I develop habits. It's just the way we are. Habits that will remind me that I need to go to him and that I mean, there's times, there's a lot of burdens. I got, I said it wrong. I have 74 burdens, desires in this little book. And I, some, the more I pray daily, those burdens grow in my heart. When I see you, if you're related to it, it just, it gives me more love and care. But, but frankly, I need this as a reminder. Oh yeah, I am burdened about this. And my burden is rekindled because I, I care, I'm growing to care enough. I'm growing to, and that's only God's grace. God can help you care enough and believe that God would use not giving up. It doesn't tell us of repeated asking, but this friend must have said, come on, I need these three loaves. Come on, you can't let me down. I got to feed them. I don't want to lose face here. I got to take care of them. Please give me three loaves. 
please, please. It's kind of like the story parable of the widow. And the widow comes to a judge. The judge is terrible, doesn't give her any justice. She just keeps knocking every day, give me justice, give me justice. Finally, he says, I will give you justice, not because I even want to, but because I just got to get you off my back. Jesus told that parable to say, that's how you're to pray. Not because God is unjust. He just wants you to pray persistently, repeatedly, yielding yourself to God. Do you and I believe and care enough to not give up asking? Friends, I have seen probably the most clear evidence of God's work in my life when I wasn't lazy enough, when God helped me to be diligent enough to pray repeatedly for things. When I stopped praying repeatedly, persistently, earnestly for things that I know God wanted me to pray for, either God changed the circumstances or God's answer to prayer or God worked something, but I saw God at work. And when I have neglected that duty, well, I've just robbed myself often and others of blessing. In this parable, this is the point of the parable. It says, yet because of his impudence, his persistence, he'll give him. And how much more will God? That's the point that Jesus gave is, I want you to pray like this. God wants, us to, wants to move us to persistent, repeated prayer. There's times when God will say no, or he'll say wait, but often he's saying wait, keep praying for me. If it's, a, if it's a family member, if it's a spiritual need, if it's a health need, we keep coming to God asking for help. I'll tell you, one of the things we all need to persistently pray for each other is that we will all spiritually grow. Not one of us is lacking the need of spiritual growth. If you're breathing in this room, you need to spiritual spiritually grow. Some of you might be in this room, and this is my call to you right now, you need to become spiritually alive for the first time. You might say, well, I, I've thought about things spiritually before. Yeah, that's not what I mean. You may have had spiritual interests. A spiritually alive by the Holy Spirit is when His Spirit comes upon you and you, you see Jesus in a new way and you say, I want him, even if it costs me everything. I don't want my sin anymore. I don't want my old way anymore. I want him. That's a miracle of the heart, of spiritual life. And this morning, if you will see Jesus as the only Savior who came and died for you, and I don't like the term sometimes Christian. We use it too much. Are you a Christian? You might say, yeah, I'm a Christian. But are you a Christ follower? Have you, have you turned and followed Jesus but because you saw him as new? I pray that you will today or sometime very soon. Jesus said, who will be saved? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you call upon him, he will save you. That's the beginning of a new life. And I pray that that will grow we need to pray that for you. We don't know who you are, but we pray that God will do that in your life. But even if that has started and you became a new, you're a Christ follower now. You are saved. His life is in you. You love him. Well, you need to continue to grow. Young people, old, you never stop having the need. Do you believe and care enough to keep asking? Taking a book like this, building habits, 
This is the way God always seems to work. God, God shows us over and over again with stories in the Bible like Jacob who wrestles with God and will... I love that story. There's a story in Genesis where Jacob is, is scared of Esau and he hides at night and he, God meets him through the messenger of God and it's literally God and he wrestles with Jacob that night and Jacob grabs onto God and says, God, I will not let you go until you limp for the rest of his life but blesses him. There's a sense in which we, God, I'm not going to let you go. I will pray day and night until you work. Now, if you have that kind of desire day and night for your children, your church, your family member, your neighbor, I just want to ask you, who put that desire in you in the first place? Not Satan and probably not your flesh. It's the Holy Spirit. So he's already answering. Why would he keep having you pray day and night unless he planned to do something? So have hope and believe that he's going to work. Why do you think that God cho chose to give these two parables, Luke 11 and Luke 18, to teach us to pray and not give up praying and keep praying and pray persistently? Why, why didn't God just like, uh, why doesn't God answer just right away? I, I came across this in a little book by Andrew Murray called Intercession, and he says, just imagine what would the result be if the child of God only had to kneel and ask and get and then go away. What unspeakable loss to the spiritual life would ensue? It is the difficulty. It's the delay. of the heavenly life will be found. We there learn how little we delight in the fellowship with God and how little we have of living faith in Him. We discover how earthly and unspiritual our heart still is. How little we do, do we have of God's Holy Spirit. We there are brought to know our own weakness and our unworthiness and to yield our spirit. There's the word yield our spirit to God's spirit to pray in us, to take our place, to abide in Him and plead with the Father. There our own will and strength and goodness are crucified. There we in Christ rise to newness of life. Wholly dependent on God. God doesn't give us what we need right away because it wouldn't be good for us. He has too much to grow us with. We're not ready for it. Sometimes he does, but often he doesn't do it quite like that because he wants us in a relationship growing. Here's the last question. Do I believe that I will be rewarded for persistently asking this friend? I don't mean that you'll, you'll receive your works. You'll receive the benefit of your works. What I mean is that God, it will be worth it. You will be, it is rewarding to seek Him always, to pray this way, to particular, repeated asking while yielding. It's worth it. What we find in this story, He says, everyone who asks receives. We see this, He will ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, it will be opened to you. Answered prayer is a reality that God intends to work in our lives. Do you believe that? Oh, I, I, I challenge you this week, take those six questions. Take it this afternoon. Take it tomorrow morning. Ask, commit to five minutes a day. If you don't pray, have a set time of prayer, start with just five minutes. I think that as you, I know as you grow, that five is going to grow and you're going to lose some sleep on one end or you're going to lose some internet time or you're going to lose something else. But I, I just, prom I promise you, it's a lot better. 
and, and, and seek him. We are coming, as John Newton says, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. Oh, Father, as we respond with this song of devotion and yielding to you, I pray that this song would be a song of yielding to you, not yet I, but Christ in me. I pray that if there's someone here that they need to receive Christ, they'll receive Christ. I pray that they would call in the name of the Lord. If, I pray that we would all call in the name of the Lord today, saying, oh God, give me new desires. Give me more desire. Give me, help me to care. Help me to pray. Help me to believe that you're good. You're a friend that comes and helps. Oh God, would you grow us into a pray, praying people. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for this gift. Oh, help us not to leave the gift sitting there unused. In Jesus' name, amen.